0: Being a Better Man, episode 155. Alright guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. It was around 1982. I was about 20 years old and I was in the army, serving in Germany at the time. I was stationed in a town called Aschaffenburg which is about 45 minutes south of Frankfurt. I had befriended a group of guys. There were like six of us that had become friends, and we were pretty tight. At this point, I had not been able to bring my family over to Germany yet, so I was still living in the barracks. And this group of friends was really important to me at the time because whenever we were not working, we would hang out together and do things. And having these friends made it easier to be away from home, separated from our families in a foreign land. Sometimes we would just stay in our rooms and play cards and talk. Other times we might hit a few bars together. On weekends we would often travel as a group to watch rodeos. Yes, they had rodeos in Germany. We were from all different parts of the country, but we were like-minded, and that's what brought us together. The two main friends in this group were a couple guys named Robert Stiles and Roger Cornelius. They were both from Tennessee. One of them was from a place called Copper Hill, if memory serves me. We had some really great times together. I remember sometimes right before payday, we would all be out of money. There was this German place where you could buy a gallon of wine for just a handful of change. The wine was made locally. There weren't even any words on the label, just a big picture of strawberries. So we would pull all of our chains together and buy as many gallons as we could, and then we would sit out in the middle of this big field and drink wine and tell each other stories of our lives back home. We would talk about our families and the girls we knew. We would sing songs that we all knew the words to, and we would laugh. We would laugh and laugh. These are great memories. One time we decided that we should all go to Frankfurt together, to a place called the Topper Club, because we had never been there. We'd heard all about it. The Topper Club was a military establishment in the town of Frankfurt. It was called an NCO club, but lower enlisted guys like us could go there too. None of us had cars, so we took a combination of buses, cabs, and trains, and we finally wound up in Frankfurt. After that, we had to walk a few blocks past the infamous red-light district of Frankfurt until we reached our destination, the Topper Club. At this point in my life, I only listened to country music, as did my buddies. That's one of the things that brought us together. We all considered ourselves cowboys, We all had cowboy hats and cowboy boots, and we all came from rural areas and were used to working hard. We had similar values. We respected honesty and hard work, and we came to the Topper Club on this night because they were featuring a country music band. The night started off great. We were having a blast listening to country music and drinking German beers, and we were dancing a little bit, too. We were all having so much fun that it was easy to lose track of how many beers we had. We were all getting fairly lubricated, but I know that myself in particular, I was starting to get a little sloshy. And that's when the girl in the blue dress showed up. I was married at the time, and I had no intention of fooling around, but that did not stop me from admiring the absolute beauty of this woman. It was like she walked right out of a fairy tale book. Her dress was sky blue and fancy, like a formal dress you'd expect to see at some fancy ball. She was brunette with flawless skin and an enchanting smile that had every guy in the place paying attention. I decided to dance with this woman because I knew if I didn't that I would regret it. I asked her to dance and she said yes. Dancing to country music doesn't work out with everyone. There are different styles and ways of doing things, and sometimes dancing with strangers can be awkward because you're trying to move in different directions. But this woman and I were able to dance together like we'd been doing it all our lives. It was amazing. We danced together for several songs, neither of us wanting to stop. We just waited on the floor for the next song so we could continue. That, unfortunately is one of my last memories of the night. It was somebody's birthday, and the next thing I knew I was being beckoned back over to our table where three huge serving platters waited. Each platter was covered in tequila shots. There must have been, I don't know, 30 or 40 of them altogether. So we started toasting and making speeches, and after each person said something, we would all have a shot of tequila. This is my actual last memory of the evening. The next day, I woke up back in Aschaffenburg, back in the barracks, back in my own bed, and when my eyes opened, I was very confused. I had a splitting headache, but the confusion came from the odd awareness that I didn't have any memory of coming back. I had no idea how I ever made it back to my bed. Then I tried to move, and that's when the pain started. Every square inch of my body was screaming in pain. I realized that my headache wasn't just on the inside of my head, it was also on the outside. I was black and blue on every part of me. I got kind of scared because I had obviously suffered some kind of severe trauma, and I had no memory of it. Along with very tender bruises, there were also cuts and scrapes. The back of my head felt like it had been hit with a baseball bat. Had I been jumped and beat up? Was I in a car wreck or a train wreck? Maybe I was hit by a car as I was walking home. I needed answers, but moving in any way was difficult. So I called out into the hallway for my friend, Roger. He was just a couple rooms away, and he heard me. He came into the room, grinning from ear to ear. He walked around inspecting me, shaking his head in mock disapproval. I asked him what had happened to me. He acted like he didn't hear the question at first, but he finally answered. What happened to you is, I saved your life. That's what. Then he went on to tell me the whole story. Turns out, after the tequila, everything had gotten a little crazy. Most of the guys went off to a different place. They had met another soldier who had his own car, and not everyone would fit in it. I was completely out of it and Roger got stuck with me. I weighed in the 220s at this time, and Roger was only around 160. As long as I was walking under my own power, he could handle it, but if I lost the power of mobility, then he would have a real challenge on his hands. That is exactly what happened. I walked out of the topper club, but at the first bus stop, I fell asleep and didn't wake up again. Roger told me how he had to roll my dead weight in and out of cabs. How he had to drag me by my feet into buses and off of trains. That explained how the back of my head felt from getting dragged down concrete stairways, my head bouncing off every step. He said I rolled down a hill at one point and he had to drag me back up out of the brush. He told me I almost got cut in half by a train because I was half on and half off when the train started to move. He got me on all the way in the nick of time before I hit something solid. As he was telling me this, I started to get a little angry at the abuse I suffered at his hands, but I quickly realized that he probably had saved my life, and he had done the best he could. I was obviously too heavy for him to carry, And there were some bad characters in the dark alleys of Frankfurt in those days who would have enjoyed finding an unconscious GI. And if he would have abandoned me, I may not have ever saw daylight again. But he did not abandon me. It never crossed his mind, because we were friends. Getting me home must have been a horrible chore, and he did it willingly, without being asked. It's just what you do for friends. And I'm sure I would have done the same thing for him. Of course, I thanked him at the time. But I've always wished I could see him again after all these years and thank him again. Because at the time, I don't think I truly appreciated what he had done for me. Not like I do now. But sadly, after we all left Germany, I lost touch with them. I've tried many times unsuccessfully to find them on the Internet. Some people are just harder to find than others. So, Roger Cornelius, I'm telling you thank you right now. Thank you for being a real friend. Maybe Roger or someone who knows him is listening, and if you are, I hope you get a hold of me. I would like very much to tell you in person. Well, that's the end of the story. But one thing it taught me is that we should never take anyone For granted, I'm sure back in 1982 that it seemed like it would just always be that way. That we would always be in touch and be part of each other's lives. We were 20 years old, living in the day, with no thought or care of the future. Then the next thing you know, that person is gone, and you can't find them. This story also taught me not to drink tequila. I have stayed away from it all these years since. This story serves as a reminder to all of us to not take anyone for granted. Cherish all the people and relationships in your life because they are the most valuable things you possess. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad signing out.